Once the podcast that you like the Disney news and views. First name Diz, last name Dark, A-T-R. We're a UK podcast, please don't hold that against me. First name Diz, last name Dark, A-T-R. After Dark, After Dark. This show is Diz After Dark. So tell your friends about it, say it loud and say it proud. First name Diz, last name Dark, A-T-R. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Disaster Dark. I'm Nick and I'm joined with a bunch of idiots. Um, actually, that's not true. That's not true. Only some of them are idiots and I won't out them. If they want to out themselves, that's fine. But this is the 12th time now I've pressed record. So, uh, going around the table, Mr. Craig Lucas. Hello. Idiot. I'll, I'll out him, actually. He's an idiot. Uh, Mr. <laughs> uh, Mr. D. I'm taking the fifth. I'm staying the fifth. The <laughs> Hello. Good evening. And welcome. Of course, um, Stevie Wonder had come in then. P-Dubs for Washington. Good evening. And Ryan. Buongiorno. Or Princess Podcast. Princess Podcast. I don't know why I decided to name myself that this evening. Just this evening? That's not an ongoing thing then? <laughs> Is now, isn't it? Yeah. It's a weekend thing. Yeah. I mean, I think Amanda always thought that was going to be her title, but you got in there first. She's too old, Mal, mate. She's too old. That's true. That is true. So how are we all doing? Doing good. Yeah? yeah. All good. Good, good, good. In that case, uh, let's crack on, because I don't know about you guys, but I'm parched. So, Craig, what are you drinking? Tough water. Joyous. Mr. D, what are you drinking? Gin and tonic with fever tree, oh, yeah. aromatic tonic water. Cheers. I'm still stunned by that. But what? It's vile stuff now. What? Gin and tonic since you made me snorty and inject it into my eyeballs. Uh, P. what are you drinking? No, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've got black coffee. Yeah, I think I could do one of those with a shot of rum in it, to be honest. Uh, Ryan, what about yourself? I am, I'm also on water because it is bloody boiling in this room. It's, it's, it's been a really muggy, hot, humid day, hasn't it? It's been horrible. Which is why... Ah, I'm having the last of my cause lights before I move on to the um, Indie Parallel. Which I Ooh, fancy Dan. Oh, God, huh. lad. Right, so that's out of the way. Um, first segment this week, as is uh, standing now, is a look at the Disney Park News. The Dad Disney Parks News Roundup is sponsored by WP Magic Journeys. To find great prices for your next Disney holiday, as well as letting someone take the stress out of booking your fast passes and your dining reservations, contact Wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or wpmagicjourneys on social media. Mention this after dark 
for a $25 off your deposit. It is the smart way to book your dream Disney holiday. So is there anything that anyone wanted to kick off with? In the studios? There's a thing about the Little Mermaid show is going to not be running right through the summer. Yeah, I saw this. I saw this. It looks like it's just maybe like a minor refurbishment because it's a couple of days and then it looks like it's open again and then it's another couple of days. It's just the timing. It's odd right before Galaxy's Edge when they don't have all the attractions gone and it's the middle of the summer season. Mm. It just seems like an odd time unless it's some essential repairs. But then if you think it were essential, they would be doing them right now. They wouldn't be waiting until July. Yeah. So it seems a bit Glo- odd. It's global warming, isn't it? The seas are kind of receding back in. Um, Little Mermaid's drying up. I think that's what it is. I've never heard the seas receding before. <laughs> that, is, that is a great concept. <laughs> is, is the tide going out? now? Nah, the seas receding. It's much better than the tides going up. I agree. Maybe the maybe the jet washing it because well, it is minging in there, isn't it? Getting all the mould off the seats. Yeah. The fungus. Yeah. I've not done it yet. But it sprays at it's what? like a universal attraction, so it sprays water at you. Uh, okay. Fair enough. It's one of those shows that's been there for like twenty five years and needs to go. Yeah. Yeah, but it is a people eater. And again, you know, the studios yeah. are a little bit temporarily short of attractions. Just yeah. seems odd, but that's true. I'm sure, there's a good reason for it. If they had um, something like Mickey and the Magician in that space, it would smash it. You can't have Mickey on his train and Mickey doing tricks, can you? Or can you? Can you have to at Disneyland? Yeah. Oh, can you? After well, Pete up says so. But you can't be watching yeah, two well, shows at once. So who's to say that he's it, he's at both? That's true. It's a good point. I mean, that's an easy spin for the kids, isn't it? Exactly. 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 So I I just think that that Hollywood studios would really benefit from a show like that. I think that would really work. I want to see what? a Moana show. Mickey, Mickey the Magician. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'd be better than the Little Mermaid. I mean, I, I, I think it'd probably be better suited to the Magic Kingdom. Although it's obviously in the streetlights in Paris. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think if it's showcasing all of, like, let's say six or seven animated greats, I think it would work well in, in the studios. Hmm. But yeah, it would work in Magic Kingdom as well. But studios need attractions. Mm. Yeah. Sure Do you reckon is. they could get away with a Marvel stunt show or something? Can't have Marvel, can they? Well, I mean, they can't have so can they? Because have Guardians of the Galaxy stunt show. Mm. Black Panther stunt show. And just the whole the, area is going to get re-thorn, re uh, done to Marvel anyway when they ripped the Tower of Terror out and re theme it. 
and that the Iron Man rides going in the um, rock and roller coaster. No, I'm not going to get that there. I can't use Iron Man. I don't think can I? Uh, <coughs> Captain Marvel is the big, the big one at the moment. Big, big rumor. Do we? Oh, it's so. I'd love that. Is that just to piss off Ben or? Well, Carol he Danvers. He doesn't know what he's no. talking about, does he? Uh, not most I'm, of the time. On a coke. Except when he says nice stuff about me, obviously. Which he doesn't. He's like me. Uh, very, very rarely. But Constipation. I'll tell you what he doesn't do. Interrupt me ten times at the start of a podcast when I'm trying to hit record. He knows he's his place. There? Right. Um... One I wanted to pick up on, uh, and Ryan, I think this might be, uh, and P-Dubs, I suppose to an extent, is uh, Oasis Canteen. Mm. Become Epic Eats. Yes, I did see this, yeah. Um, nothing else seems to have changed. Still seems to be selling the same stuff as it was before. Yeah, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. Where, where's this? Just by um, Indiana Jones. Is this the one by Star Tours as well? It's, it's like on it set back yeah. a bit. That's a cracking little spot. Because it's half empty all the time, isn't it? I'm not a great fan of funnel cakes, though, I have to say. So it's been renamed, and that's it. Yeah, it doesn't even, like... I can't say Oasis Canteen really screamed Indiana Jones, but Epic Eats doesn't either, does it? You think it's because people didn't know what Oasis or Canteen meant, so they just were like, let's just say what it is, Epic Eats. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it just links to the show, doesn't it, really? No, oh, because it's, yeah, it's just epic, yeah. spect- epic Spectacular, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it makes more sense, but I just couldn't understand the reasoning. I, I couldn't figure out what... Um, why? Why now? Do you, think, do you think Star Tours is under threat now when Galaxy's Edge finally opens? No. Nah. That one isn't. Isn't it a contradiction, though? Yes. No, it's because you, you, you land at Batu. Yeah. But you don't get out of Batu, do you? If you change the exit so you walked out into Batu, I could understand it. But they Maybe. can change that film. Not a big deal, is it? Change the film. Put an extra. The thing on. is, even even with the disconnect, Hollywood Studios, e- even with Galaxy's Edge, can't afford to lose another attraction. I know what you're saying, but I I'm, I I don't really understand the point of it. Now I don't disagree. I mean, I do like it. I think it's a great ride, but yeah. I I do. I mean, you've got a Smuggler's Run, which is basically Star Wars. Interactive, yeah, yeah. It, it just seems if you've got a whole land devoted devoted to it, and then you've got a ride just a few feet away, it just doesn't seem it should be there. So that whole yeah. area to me is under threat. Indiana Jones, how big is that footprint? How big is the Star Tours footprint? They're huge. They're not going to open a new land at Hollywood Studios anytime soon. Epcot's the next focus. Mm. I don't. I think that. I bet you're right. 
that'll be Cars Land. Nice. Them, them two will get. I bet you. Cars Land will go over the other side. Where? It'll it'll back onto Toy Story Playland. They will knock all those buildings down. If they're going to build something Pixar, it will be on the other side of the park. For my my take, I think that will be the expansion pad for Galaxy's Edge if they're going to get rid of Star Tours and Indy. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd be. I think everyone will be up for that as well. And do you think this renaming of Hollywood Studios is just a sticky plaster until they can come out with their main evil plan to turn it into Pixar, Star Wars, and Marvel? And then do a proper renaming. Why does it need to be renamed? Because it's just... Uh, I What's can't the... even remember what it's called now. What is it called now? Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios. They could rename it PMS. PMS. That... And then you could sell a coffee called PMS. <laughs> and have... Um... Pixie dust, milk, and slime in it. It'd be full of basic bitches. Yeah. So they should. What they should have done is change the name of this on August twenty ninth, because then the, some of the Disney food bloggers would be like, "But I've got to see Star Wars, but I've also got to see if the menu's changed." Yeah, it's true. It'd be very confusing for them. What no, do you think's going to What's going to happen on the twenty ninth? What's going to happen? Is it going to be Bedlam? Is it going to be bloggers kicking shit out of bloggers? A lot of them have seen it because of the annual pass order previews, plus a a lot of the big ones have gone to Disneyland anyway. Yeah. No doubt they'll still take up someone's space on the 29th because, you know, they're privileged. But (laughs) part is going to reach capacity, without a doubt. Well, Kerry said the extra magic hours on the 29th of August for Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. And they're both extra magic hours for the foreseeable every day. Every day until November the 2nd, yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they are anticipating a frigging shit show, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, but I don't, I, I've seen people saying that Disneyland, because obviously today when we record was the first proper day for Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland where it hadn't been cordoned off to select people and um, well reservations as people were saying oh it's not very successful but as far as I understand it the, the land's reached capacity so uh, reached capacity within 20 minutes <laughs> so you can't have <laughs> many more people in that's what I mean so now there's no way like they've been able to move people out of their time slots right your time's up get out so now if you want, you can just go and stand in there for 10 hours a day. Yep. No, you still, well, you still have time slots. You go in. Right. You have okay. to book a reservation to get in now. Um, but you can only do that morning of. And I've been, I've actually got the app open. I'm sitting there looking at it now. And from the time we started recording, it was 80 minutes to get on Smuggler's Run. Went down to 60. In the last five minutes, it's gone back up to 120. Oh, so it's broke down, hasn't it? No. Or they've just... I would imagine they've just let the next lot of reservations in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Two hours... I mean, two hours for a new attraction compared to, like, the sixes and sevens we've seen before. 
it's yeah, pretty good. And what we're, a, and what we're seeing false, at Universal. Yeah. It's a false yeah, tour yeah. as well, isn't it? Because it's, it's a controlled tour. Oh, yeah. Disney World's going to be 10 first day. Yeah. Oh. It'll be nuts. If they don't introduce the same system on a summer I would imagine they're going to introduce the same system. Don't see why they wouldn't. Otherwise, it's just going to be pandemonium. Well, I don't know, because they've already said extra magic hours is a thing. You can't now go back on that. And I don't think they will no, change I, that, but I, think, I would I think still imagine... You, magic hours. Yeah. I would imagine they will open those reservations at the beginning of extra magic hours. But then what's the point? If, if So I'm getting there at six, and I can't get in to Galaxy's Edge until ten. What's the point of me going for extra magic hours? Because that's the only way you can well, get your reservation. Unless the only, other way, the only other way they do it is say six till nine is extra magic hours, and after that, yeah. you get a wristband on going in. Mm. After that, everyone they turf everyone out unless you've got a reservation. Yeah, I think that's it. So they're giving preference to the Disney, you know, Disney hotel guests. Well, so you know what? Well, you know what I'm seeing from this. What I'm I'm looking. I've just just been going through Twitter and people that are there now and everything like that. So it reached capacity. <laughs> the no, what that was. Um, the the um the biggest wait for Smuggler's Run was two hours for uh, sorry two hundred and forty minutes. It went up to at one point. Though it has come back down now quite dramatically. If that's reached capacity. And that ride is only around about 80 minutes waiting time, two hours waiting. That suggests to me that people are actually going and spending time in the land. Yeah. Not queuing up for the attraction. And you've got to remember that the Walt Disney World one's going to be more interactive. Not the land. The land's going to be more interactive. Yeah. Um, and, and the ride itself, um, because of Magic Bands. They can't introduce the same system in, in Disneyland because of that. Um, depending on how your ride goes, it will affect your experience at Walt Disney World where it doesn't at Disneyland. Mm. And the, thing, Star, like, the Star Wars Hotel is going to be um, add another layer. So, yeah. yeah, that full interaction is going to be paramount in years to come because I don't know how far that's off. Mm. I saw a construction photo today. It still looks like it's a couple of years away. Yeah, I mean they're, they're yeah, not the talking thing. about it either, are they? So that means that it's not. Coming I out think out. we'll get so, we'll get something at D twenty three. Yeah, twenty twenty one. I would guess is my is the opening date for that in time for the fiftieth. Fifty new things that they want to do for twenty twenty one. Star Wars Hotel is going to be one, isn't it? They'll probably make three things out of that. But the um, the other thing I saw was um how true or not this is that rise of the resistance is basically done and dusted they're just trying to get it to work um apparently they're getting closer so there is a, a several thoughts that it could open at the same time as smugglers run does on august the 29th if they manage to fix the issues but apparently both attractions are pretty much there it's just the technology is so advanced that they're struggling to make it work, which is a good sign. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good sign, and I suppose in a, in a way a little bit worrying. Um, you know, we obviously don't talk about it on this podcast because we've got another podcast dedicated to that, but, you know, Hagrid's is open. It's been a huge success. 
it's also had many, many, many breakdowns since it's opened, which I, I think is also one of the reasons why the, the crowd has been so inflated as well. Mm. Um, it, and it's very wet at this at the moment in Orlando. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's unusually wet. I know it does have wet bits, but it's just see every vlog that you see, and it's grey, isn't it? And it's raining and lightning. So they're shutting it all the time as well. Yeah. So summer summer afternoon storms, isn't it? Like yeah, they're going to be shut for probably, especially in New Coaster. It might go down for a couple of hours a day. Yeah, I and think the- I think you got to be careful when you look at the Hagrid wait times. I mean, you know, look, I think we was all like, wow, look at that, because it got up to what was it, about eight hours at one point, ten hours, ten, um, yeah, on on opening day. But how much of that time was the ride actually open? And also as well, when you compare it to Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge is this land, and quite a big land. Hagrid is a, a new ride in existing land. So you haven't got people wanting to go and see the shops, wanting to go and see the, the lightsaber experience, you know, go to the cantina. They are just going there for the ride because they've done everything before. So I, I think, think it, it was discussed in that. They shouldn't have allowed people to queue for 10 hours. In that flood of the heat, it's a miracle somebody didn't die of heat exhaustion or stroke or something. Mm. Absolutely disgraceful. They should have topped that queue off at a couple of hours and said, right, the rest of you go away. We're keeping it in a two-hour queue. They did make a bit of a social media um, shambles last week. Did you see that? Where someone basically was like, it's so hot sitting in the queue. And um, they were like, well, you can always leave the queue. Wow. That's it. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, and they did delete that tweet, but not before. Obviously, everyone screenshotted it. Yeah. Well, that is the problem, isn't it, with social media? You put it out there. Yeah. You've got Especially me. like, yeah, exactly. Especially like Diz Twitter, even Universal Twitter. If someone sees that, they're screenshotting it, game over. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of hard to stop people queuing up, though, isn't it? I mean, you can shut the queue. Yeah, there's one easy way. There's one easy way, right? Just, you can only ride that ride if you've got an express pass. No, I mean, it's not even that. Like, when I was at Disneyland Paris the other month, I was uh, I saw uh, Bell and Gaston. You don't normally see that in the park. And I thought my daughter would get a kick out of um, seeing me in a picture with him. So I went to join the queue. And there was someone at the back of the queue that said, oh, I'm sorry, the queue's now closed. Well, I didn't stand, I didn't stand there. <laughs> they told me the, call, well, the, the queue was closed. Well, well, so I, I walked away. It, no, just, you just tell them It's different, though, because... Yeah, it's different with a character, though, because if they tell you the queue's closed, you know the character's going to go. They're going to go backstage. No, no, no. But with no, a raid... That went, that, no, that, that was it for the day. Right. They yeah, well, yeah, but... Hours. But I remember when we went and Gringotts had just opened and it had a breakdown and people were still queuing outside and it was chaos because it wasn't really a queue. They were just waiting for the raid to reopen again. But there was still hundreds of people milling around. They wouldn't leave because they were hoping the raid would open again and they'd get back in the queue. The people management, so how do you stop? People. Uh, you, have to, you get staff yeah. there that say, right, you can't stand here. This ride isn't reopening, or whatever, and just, and they just go. 
Like, again, the same... The same well, in December... Did, yeah. I know, like, I'm not saying people don't, but once, like, in December, Hyperspace Mountain looked like it was reopening early. So there was about three or four members of staff. I said, is this ride opening today? They said, we don't believe it will be. And I was like, that's good enough for me. And off I trotted. No one stood there waiting on the off chance. Yeah. And, and that's, that's fine, Nick, but that's when you think it's going to be shut for the whole day. When it's on, off, on, off, on, off, right? That's when people hang around. Well, the other thing that they've done, which is, I mean, essential for maintenance, but obviously quite a bad move, is they said that the ride's not opening until 12. Now, go and enjoy the rest of the park. Yeah, I, no, that's not going to happen, is it? Like, <clears throat> you've just opened this new attraction. All that's going to happen is everyone is queuing, waiting for the attraction to open at 12. Um, yeah. You know, and actually, I was chatting to my parents about this the other day, and... Universal in this short period of time will probably be losing money because everyone is standing in that queue and not spending um, as much as they would be previously. When Harry Potter first opened, obviously there was the excitement of all these shops and people were spending a fortune on wands and all that kind of thing. But now this is just a new attraction in a land that's been there for years. They're not going to be going into these shops unless you're a first timer or maybe a second or third. Everyone's just queuing up to go on the ride and not interested in anything else. No. That, that, that's the difference between this, you know, between Hagrid's ride opening and Galaxy's Edge. Because if you're not queuing up to go on the ride, you're going to be spending like hundreds of dollars on new merchandise. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But I think there's a creative way to do it. I think crowd dispersion is really difficult. But Galaxy's Edge, you get it, you bring in a load of stormtroopers and you tell people to move along. Vaporizing <laughs> <laughs> them? Bring out the Death yeah. Eaters. Exactly, as I was going to say, yeah, bring out the Death Eaters and be like, you, you know, can't stand here, or we're going to, we're going to bash you up. They could surely, if, if you just express it, express pass it. Then only so many people have got them oh. passes. Of course, yeah, you can't, can't. You can't do that. No, because people imagine you imagine you'd spend no. a lot of money on a on a ticket, and and they only opened it to express pass holders. You go absolutely nuts. That, that is crazy. That's Craig's wet dream. Don't forget. <laughs> That's what Craig wants the future to be. Um, I do not know in this day and age why you can't uh, get barriers. Just just pull barriers out if you want. If you want to have a standby queue, the, the, you almost need like an exclusion zone. You need like an area that takes you because you put a barrier up that's fine but people will just queue the other side of the barrier no no sorry what i meant is you know like you know two not ropes but you know the yeah. um the old uh pull out seat belt like barriers you just yeah. you just set an area up like that and say right you know we don't have the ride's going to reopen but here's a key yeah i'll tell you what they should do there. much cheaper option they wouldn't need they wouldn't need ten cast members standing by the entrance. Tear gas, job done. <laughs> is Simbad is Simbad still there? Jesus. I know it's not open, but is Simbad still there? I don't know. Actually, I think I think it's still standing. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a standby queue for Hagrid. Everyone stands yeah. in there, and once the ride reopens, you get marched out. Done. Easy peasy. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, was there any other part news that anyone wanted to 
uh, mention. Oh, annual pass price hikes. Well, is everyone angry or? Well, I don't have an annual pass, so I don't care. Here's, here's my um, thing about the annual passes. Has there been a knock-on? Has everything else gone up? What do you mean? Because I haven't looked. Well, so when Disney annual passes go up. Disney Dining Plan's gone up by about um, 2 to $3 a day. Wow. Parking fees that they only just introduced last year. I think it was last 20, year. $25? Have gone up. Oh, is that at yeah. the resort? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Isn't it They're something like 30, $35 a day for the um, uh, deluxe resort? No, it's, tw- it's no, going to be 25 and twenty for the moderates and fifteen for the values. Why is that? Why are they getting a cheaper parking space? I'm not being funny. You don't if so. If your car's crap when you park at Magic Kingdom, do you get a different car parking space or do you pay less money? It should be the same across the board. A parking space is a parking space. It's probably because premium result, premium prices. Surely, if you're staying, if you're staying at the Polynesia, you're not staying there because. You saved an extra couple of thousand dollars for this trip. It's because you've got money, and you're not. I would also imagine there's probably less spaces mm. at the deluxe ones. Yeah, because of where they are. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thankful that I don't drive because I mean, I know it wouldn't apply to me this year, but three weeks at Animal Kingdom Lodge is like five hundred and twenty-five dollars or something. So I, I, I don't understand how. They they can justify the price and they have for parking. I really don't. In a country where you need to you need to have some form of transport, whether you, you use cabs or whatever. It. No, they don't need to justify they just, it. They could just yeah. do it, can't they? So, it's just I mean, a supply and demand thing. People are paying. They're not the only hotel to introduce parking fees. Like Universal have done it for years. Um, I was talking about this on uh, today's theme park trade episode, actually. Um, Universal have been doing it for years. Like Disney have just basically caught up, but lots of hotels do it in the States. Oh, no, just I'm not, so I expensive. I get it. But the thing is, people don't spend three weeks on Universal property. Oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Most normal people don't spend three weeks on Universal property. No. So, you know, what I like about Universal is the fact that I can go there for a week if I wanted to, and I'd have done everything multiple times and really happy with my experience and gone home but you yeah. don't go to disney for for five days you know the, the majority of people don't i guess americans do though what brits americans do. do yeah yeah but let's be honest Which is why, but that's why the, the the parking charge has been delayed for brits yeah because it's going to add an awful lot on i would yeah. i'd be well I would not be surprised if they don't try and actually um, include that as part of your package, like some kind yeah. of parking pass. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of is because it's based on your booking. It's based on your accommodation. So in other words, if you were, say you were staying off-site and you wanted to drive to the Grand Floridian and have a dinner at Victorian Alberts, you, you don't pay. Right. If you're just a day guest, you don't pay. It's done based on your overnight accommodation. Right. Yeah, which makes sense. Same is true for DVC members. DVC members don't pay. It makes sense because, like, if you're turning up for for dinner at Boma, 
and you're like, yeah. oh, that's that's fifty dollars for your meal. Oh, and here's another twenty five for your car. Yeah. You're like, hold on. Yeah, that's right. But so, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's so uh, this was something I was book. I was considering for next year because we're staying off property. We've got a villa, and I was considering an annual pass because of the free parking. But now with the up upcharged price on the annual pass and how cheap our tickets are here, it's starting to come out that it's not going to be worth it. Mm. Do I depends how much merchandise you're buying. Yeah, exactly. Annual pass get a discount then because they don't get yeah. free parking, do they? Just you get a discount, don't they? No, some of the the top tier annual pass is free parking. I believe. Because uh, I've seen yeah. people drive in and just hand over their pass. For platinum pass, all it gets you is ESPN. I think that's the only real difference, right? Yeah. Um, so platinum plus, sorry, platinum is one thousand one hundred nineteen dollars, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, which works out at ninety three dollars a month. Okay, so. Bearing in mind that my phone bill is probably not too far off that. What? When you work out pounds to dollars. Yeah, Ryan pays some ridiculous sum for his phone and no one knows why. It's like why. 60 quid. It's 60 quid. What? Yeah, no one knows why. Why are you paying that much, Ryan? I'm getting out of it soon. I'm stuck in a contract. What? Are you funding for the 5G across the whole country? <laughs> yeah, everyone's tethering off of my phone. <laughs> But what I'm saying is like $93 a month. If you go every weekend or two or three times a week, it's really not crazy money, is it? It's not. But to be completely honest, like looking at the difference between Platinum Platinum Pass and Platinum Plus Pass, you get the two water parks as well. ESPN World of Sports and Trail Golf. So that that gives you all, all the gates. The thing with like, the thing with these price increases, right? It's genius because the the people who are buying the passes are still going to buy the passes, right? The the, the desperate, the diehards, the Lumongellos of this world, uh, the Tom Corlises of this world, they're still going to go. Yeah, the people who are now going, ooh, it's too expensive to buy an annual pass, will just buy park hopper tickets or 14-day tickets or seven-day tickets. or So they're still going to be going to the parks. They're just going to be looking at alternate arrangements to get in there. That's all. Disney, it's win-win for Disney. Absolutely win-win. I mean, look, what, what's the what's the equivalent of a Platinum Plus Pass in Paris? The Infinity Pass. And that is, that's just gone up itself, isn't it? Is it like 450 euros now? Yeah. So turn that into dollars, that's about five, ten, $510, something like that, roughly, $500. And that's for two parks. So this is, you know, effectively just over double, but you're getting four theme parks and two water parks. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and the thing is, like, we've said this before, haven't we? We've said that over the years, the price of Disney holiday is, is you know, in, has been increasing and increasing, and, and every year that is still the case. So Disney hotels are, are increasing in price. 
Disney vacations are increasing in price. So it's no surprise that the annual passes have gone up as well. But we've always said there's a ceiling. And Disney will continue to do this until they reach that ceiling. Yep. I mean, also consider a lot of the annual pass holders are residents, therefore not spending money by staying at hotels. Yeah, I, know. I mean, obviously some of them do. Some of them do eat in the restaurants. But in the grand scheme of things, probably people that go for two to three weeks are actually worth quite a lot more in yeah. some cases. I think annual passes do spend a fortune on the limited edition merchandise. Of course they do. But I think when when you balance it out when i'm there for three weeks in october and november i'm probably just going to spend three four even maybe five times the amount that an annual pass holder does every year what's your um daily budget ryan i'd be interested as a, a married couple a newly married couple how much would your daily allowance be for spending money well keep in mind we're on the disney dining plan yeah so that most of the food's covered not all of it but most of it I would say between us, maybe $200. See, we're a family of four, as you know, and we generally budget, we aim for $240. And and yet we're on the Disney dining plan as well. But So that's just interesting. That. So what are you doing with your $200 a day as two adults? That's different. Is that more alcohol consumption? Is that yeah? I mean, I drink a lot of the food and wine festival, I have to say. Um, yeah. and they, they're, they're not cheap, it's like what at least eight, nine dollars for a drink, yeah. Definitely. So, a few of them, and you're already, yeah, like you have do you have two of them, so one of them each, and that's twenty dollars. You have like just three or four of those during a day, and you're already you've already hit a hundred without even buying any merchandise. Um, but also, I, I buy a lot of T-shirts and pins when I'm over there as well. So, and this year, like Star Wars, oh. I'm going to. I'm not. I, I. I don't think I'm going to get a lightsaber because they look a little bit like flimsy. It looks like they might smash on the way home. But if I know it's going to not break, then I would get one. And that's two hundred dollars, right? I mean, two, I mean, just plus as, tax. Yeah, just as a comparison, right? Just as a comparison. Um, we talked about the difference in prices before because of how we holiday, but Disney's 21 day ultimate ticket in the UK, which gives you obviously entry for 21 days to any of the, the six parks, um, and your memory maker included in that as well. That's hopper, that's that's like a, a equivalent of a hopper as well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Not so one day for, yeah, yeah, a hopper ticket to all the parks. Is four hundred and forty-five pounds an adult. Yeah, which is nice. What, yeah, it's such a good deal. And what was the annual pass if in UK money? The one that Mister the Dogs was looking at about th- uh, twelve hundred, just over twelve hundred before tax. Twelve hundred nine dollars, wasn't it? Yeah, so, so about a thousand quid. About a thousand quid. Yeah, so he's got a lot of. Nice in there. Well, yeah, you've got to remember, even. though, you've only got to buy one, right? Yeah. And it, it'd be interesting to know whether resort parking is included. Because the website I'm looking at, it's not a Disney website, but it just says... I was on parking. a Disney... I was on the, the Walt Disney World website, and it just said park okay. passing. At, yeah. Sorry, park. Theme park. 
parking, not uh, right. hotel or resort. Not resort. Yeah. Because okay. now, now, if it was resort parking, then that makes it a lot more attractive. Yes. And Dubs, you're getting your 12-month annual pass. Would, if you go in September to Galaxy's Edge, would it not work for you if you're going back with the family the following no, summer? We're not. We're not going summer. We're going October. Oh, so it wouldn't cover months. it. Yeah. Oh, so annoyingly, yeah, it wouldn't cover it. So mm. and I, I've just actually done the conversion. It's about it's about nine hundred and fifty pounds for that top one. Yeah, because so that would have double your ticket. That would have been a no-brainer, wouldn't it? That would have actually yeah. worked. It's a shame. Though. The thing is, like. Uh, I I would love the ability to go. I'm an annual pass holder at Disney World because, you know, I'm I'm basic in, in the fact that, that would make me feel happy. But at the same time, I'm never going to use the twenty percent off dining because I've got the dining plan. Now that might change if they remove the dining plan, which you know all signs are pointing towards that could happen. Twenty percent off merchandise. It might work out that I save quite a, for, a fortune. Um, I'd have to work it out, but. Yeah, for for the most part, I only go once a year, so it's it's mostly not worthwhile. I don't think they're ever going to get rid of the dining plan. All they'll do, it's just the illusion of um, benefits, isn't it? I think the the food quality will just get poorer and poorer. Um, well, certainly the like free that. dining. So free dining yeah. in twenty twenty, like the the dates that you can get it are massively restricted as to what they were this year. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, I pay for the dining plan because I like arriving in Orlando and not having to worry about, oh, let's sell it, you know, $250. We're going to have to take that from the pot. And then Boma's $80. We're going to have to take that from the pot. I like just knowing all my meals are covered. Yes, there's tips. Yes, there's extra alcoholic drinks if we want them. But at a base point, I know everything's done. And I don't care if it, doesn't, if it works out that I lose money a little bit. I don't because I eat at too many two-credit restaurants. But I don't really care. I just like knowing that I've not got to spend any of my spending money on sit-down meals. Yeah, I'd mm. consider. I'd always consider it if if we couldn't, I'd pay for it. We have upgraded in the past from the yeah. moderate to the next one. Or I've I've paid for it before. I'd, I'd pay for it again. I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I can't well, say. I, like, I can't I like see getting it free, but and I know it isn't purely free. That this is the thing. The well, some, something somewhere right doesn't add up because we've done this twice now. When you get the the prices up for your Disney holiday the day before the dining plan comes out, it's always cheaper the next day when the dining plan's out. So your two-week holiday goes down in price and they're giving you free food. So somewhere mm. is false inflation, isn't it? They're, they're, they're putting the prices up. Well, you've you got to stay at a more expensive resort to get yeah, a regular dining plan. Or, or well, you've got to stay at an all-stars an or a value resort and then you've got to pay the difference. And we've done that. So we've had like a free... like. This a breakfast type dining plan, and then we've just paid the difference and upgraded it. 
But that's the thing. I remember when it wasn't that long ago where the All Stars would be instead of having just a free breakfast, you'd basically be on the uh, the, the first tier of the dining plan. Yeah, the regular dining plan. Yeah, the regular it used to be uh, like and, that. Then, and then you'd upgrade to the moderate. Um, and like the likes of Animal Kingdom Lodge, you'd get the the more deluxe. But now, like the only ones that give you even the moderate ones, when I was looking for next year, were I think Animal Kingdom Lodge, Floridian, Polynesian, and, and Contemporary, I think. Not many more outside of that. Which is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So they really they're not only restricting the dates, but they're restricting the the sit down meal basically version of the dining plan. The thing is that that's where it gets to me. You, it's not. I mean, it is still a free dining plan. I get that. But if you're having sit down meals, you're tipping. And if you're yeah, you are. Is let's say your sit down meal for two of you is one hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. which it could quite easily be in a Lacillier or something like that. Um, so then you're looking at, what, $30 as a tip? Yeah, yep. standard tip's 18%, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I'm just rounding it up to 20 Yeah, yeah. but just on the, yeah, on the Danon plan, standard tip's 18%. Yeah. So, but, you know, I mean, call, 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 it, call, it, call it like 28 whatever. But you're doing that, you know, you do that a few times, that's a few hundred quid. A hundred percent, you know, and I'm not going to come out there and say that I tip 18, 20% every single meal I go to. Cause I don't. Wow. These Twitter's going to come after you, my friend. Well, no, <laughs> this Twitter should be going after Disney for not paying the staff the right amount. Well, I, I think, and I've said this before, I don't care how controversial it is. I think the whole tipping culture in America is disgusting. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm tipping like 15%, like maybe between 10 and 15%, depending on service, but like upwards of 18, 20, very rare. Yeah, I never tip, I never tip more than 18%. I, t- I give, I always give 18% unless the service is bad. And that's maybe happened once or twice in all years. So, when you're but, when you two are on the dining plan, right? Like I am. How do you do your tip? Do you do it as physical cash, or do you just um, allow them to put it on the room? Uh, I've oh, done it both ways. Doesn't doesn't really matter. Doesn't make much difference. Because what was it happening doesn't... to what happened to us last time is we uh, were tipping with cash, and then forgetting to check with the room the next day. And they'd also tipped, charged it to the room as well. And we had right. absolute murder getting the money back off them. Get that off our room, I want a refund. Wait, how does that work? Because you don't have to tip. Oh, you do, don't you? Yes, yeah, sorry, you because you're a party of six or more. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I'm saying, like, when I, if it's just me and Donna, I'm like, I don't have to tip them. Yeah. No, you don't have to. It's kind of expected, part, but you don't have to. Oh yeah, no, I always tip, but I'm saying like parties yeah. of six or more have to tip eighteen percent. Like they have to. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just added on, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it's funny because having lived in America, just just you just got to kind of accept that it's ruled in with the price of the price of the meal. Oh no, I, I like I you get know? it, and I and I and I do. That doesn't mean I have to think it's right. 
Mm. I mean, if you actually look into, if you look into the history of tipping and and how uh, they, they, the reason they introduced tipping in the first place, it was basically a way of making sure slaves were paid. That's where it comes from. You look into the history of tipping, and it's just never gone away. So I just think it's bad that they should just be paid a base a base rate like every other industry is. I don't I don't get it. I mean, you'll you never change it though. It's just it's, it isn't no. just at Disney. It's, it's everywhere, and it is. Although we it's talk nice. about Disney employees, you know, not getting paid enough, and I think that is true in some areas. I don't think it's true in the Disney restaurants, the servers in the Disney restaurants, particularly the really popular restaurants. Oh, of course not. They make a lot of money. I mean, the, the, the meal I always think of, because it's probably the most I've spent <coughs> on, on property, um, was California Grill. I think that meal was about 180 quid. Mm. You know, so that, that, you know, that was like a almost $40 tip. In fact, I think we might have rounded it up to $40 because she was really, really good. She was really, really good. Um, but, you know, if, if you're serving 10 tables which is possible, you know, and, and everyone did the same thing. <laughs> and I, I mean, cause that, that, that was a party of two. That was just a party of two. You know, most people in there, you know, will, will be a, a larger group, not necessarily six, but certainly more than two. So, you know, if you, if you've got 10 tables, that's $400. Yeah. I don't know how, how they split that though. No, I think a percentage might go to the kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, there is. I think there is a split. Yeah, because obviously Heather used to work in the Rose and Crown, and there is like it's different, it's different positions as well. There's like people who bring, bring and fetch, and then you got your proper servers and things like that. So there is a there is a sort of pecking order. But I think if if I didn't have free dining, and actually when we went a couple of years ago. We got a really good deal on the room because Heather was a cast member, so we couldn't get free dining. And I kept a track of what we spent, and we probably spent about the same as we would have done if we'd done if we'd been on the dining plan. But the advantage was we could go to a lot of different restaurants, you know. So we went to a couple of restaurants in the Swan and Dolphin, which you can't go to because they're not on the dining plan. And then we went to restaurants outside of Disney World as well. So, mm. although I love the dining plan, I love getting free dining plan, and it's easy, and it's you know, it's kind of I don't know, it's part of the holiday really, doing your ADRs and and that sort of thing. So I'd always take it if it was there, but if it wasn't there, I wouldn't pay for the dining plan, just like outright pay for it. That's yeah, and that's how I've always viewed it as well, and it's why I've never done the dining plan when we've been. Because we were there, you know, the last time we was there for three weeks. But we were going to spend, uh, and I think we did spend about four or five days at Universal. And we spent another four four days at Clearwater because we were spending some time down there. So we, although we was out there for three weeks, we weren't going to be some property for three weeks. So, and I, you know, I know it's not like, I know you get muted. You don't lose the credits. Why are you watching YouTube? 
I don't think uh, Craig is muted like he thinks he is. Um, oh, am I not muted? No. No, you're not. But for <laughs> nice funny, three... you've just unmuted me with your hair. But for three for but for three weeks, we were not gonna get the most out of it because we didn't want to just eat on property. We wanted to go to Popeyes, we went to uh, Texas to Brazil, we were going to Clearwater, so we were gonna eat down there for a few days. So, and obviously when we was in Universal, we was gonna like eat around Citywalk. So yes, you 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 don't lose your credits if you don't use it that day but we'd have ended up with more credits than we'd have actually been able to use yeah i i definitely get that i think it's there there is a i think um there is a fine balance between actually losing money by buying a dining plan or or just spending um money on food and i think it does depend on where you eat like i would have never tried any of the two credit restaurants if it wasn't for the dining plan because yeah. I just can't fathom spending $150 to $200 on a meal for two. Yeah. Like I just can't, it doesn't make sense in my head when I could just go to Electric Umbrella and get a burger for like $15. I mean, that's still crazy money, but you know, versus a steak at $54. So it's like for that, it's great that I've been able to try some of those restaurants. Yeah. Basically, what you're saying is, without the dining plan, you would never have been obsessed with La Cille, eh? Oh, a hundred percent. And the boathouse. Mm. And many more. <laughs> but anyway, back to annual passes. I, I, I think the thing is, whenever anything goes up in price, people are going to complain. That's the nature of the beast, right? That's what happens. Not just Disney in general. When any, whenever anything goes up, you're going to get that. Um, they're opening up Star Wars. They're building Tron. They're building uh, Mickey's Railroad. Um, you know, they're, they're Guardians of the Galaxy over at Epcot. You know, they're they're investing in the parks. That money's got to come from somewhere. And they were, and at the end of the day, they're a business. They're there to make money. They're there to keep the shareholders happy. And if that means that they can whack on another $100 or whatever it is to an annual pass, then they will do that. And when, yeah. when the numbers start going down, because pe- you know, people go, you know what, I can't justify this anymore, then the prices will go down. If you don't like it, don't pay for it. That's it. They'll soon, they'll soon learn. But whilst people are, are going to keep on doing this and keep on paying for it, then Disney will keep increasing the prices. That's, that's just business. Supply and demand. Don't have to like it. It is what it is. Yeah, 100%. Right. I want the prices to go up more. Exactly. Craig Lucas, a.k.a. Mark Peter. Any more part news? Good. I'll take that silence as, as nothing from anyone. So, in that case, uh, I think, Mr. D, you're going to leave us now. Yeah. Unfortunately, which is a shame because I'm about to talk Toy Story 4, but never mind. Um, but thank you. And uh, we will move over now to talking about stuff that's outside of the parks. All right. Have a good one, chaps. See you later, Mr. D.
Bye. I'm going now as well. All right. I'm off in the morning for that. The Diz After Dark General News is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. For all things Halloween Horror Nights at both Hollywood and Orlando, visit HHNUnofficial.com. So, um, it's been a kind of like reoccurring theme on this podcast uh, to talk about films that are bombing. And this week's no different. Uh, So... Uh, Toy Story 4's a bomb. Even though it's made more money in its opening weekend than Toy Story 3? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's made 118 million, but it's a bomb. Yeah. I don't get this. Did people expect it to be Endgame? Did Disney expect it to be Endgame? Right, so Disney had projected it was going to open with about 140 million. Mm. Um, So that was their estimate industry experts were putting it somewhere between 150 and 200. Now, I think the reason for that is because The Incredibles 2 opened with 180 million. But there was a lot of anticipation for The Incredibles 2. Like, no one really wanted Toy Story 4. There's that. Um, So there's that element to it. Also, Incredibles 2 opened... A week a weekend earlier than Toy Story Four, which was Father's Day weekend, mm. which traditionally is is normally quite busy at the box office. So, you know, it might be a, a, a slight combination because you know, look, 118 million is nothing to be sniffed at. Um, and there was there was if you look at the um, the results of last weekend's box office, there it had it had jumped up on the Sunday compared to the Saturday and the Friday. So there's definitely something to be said about Father's Day weekend being a good time to release a film. Um, but I think you, you nailed it, Ryan. I think, you know, Incredibles 2 was a film that people have been waiting ever since the end of the first Incredibles to see. And Toy Story 4, there was a big element of uh, people saying, do we really need Toy Story 4? That's the yeah. difference. I mean, I mean, I've not seen it yet, so I'm not going to say it's terrible because I haven't seen it. But yeah. I think there is an element of that. And, and you know, I think, um, I don't know where I saw this, uh, Nick, whether it was uh, whether I heard your voice or whether I saw it on Twitter <laughs> or whether it was Facebook Messenger, but the trailers didn't really do the film any justice. No, no, absolutely. Um, you know, we've, we've talked before about how um, shoddy at times Disney's marketing can be. Aladdin was another good example. I mean, you know, I was slagging that film off rawly before it came out and was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Um, and and we, all should, we should also be surprised with how well it's doing. It's still the third biggest film in America. I yeah. think this is its fifth or sixth weekend it's been out. And it's now, uh, it's looking to um, be just behind Beauty and the Beast in terms of domestic a live action film it's getting close to being like the second biggest domestic, uh, domestic live action Disney remake um, so I mean that film's done phenomenally well and that had awful marketing as well uh, Toy Story 4 I think is going to have legs though just like Aladdin did because there are no more animated films coming out until I think it's August I was reading the other day 
Uh, yeah, August is when Angry Birds 2 comes out. Which, by the way, wow. looks awful. Looks absolutely awful. I um, didn't even know there was an Angry Birds 1. Uh, did you not? Yeah. <laughs> no. I, would, I would say you're missing out, but then that would suggest that I've actually watched it and not just the trailer for it. Angry Birds 1 came out at a time where the game was just about dying off. So what? Oh, I, I, I disagree. I think, I think the game had already died off. I think you've already had, yeah. Well, I don't know what gave the studio the, a good idea that, oh, let's give that green light for something that nobody even plays anymore. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, Angry Birds 1 must have been bigger than I, I realised because I, I didn't think that either. Um, but yeah, so there isn't going to be much competition for Toy Story in terms of who that film is, is aimed at. Because let's be, you know, you've got, got to remember, whilst I think a lot of adults are in this pace in this film, essentially this is an animated film that's aimed, aimed at children as well. So you're going to get a lot of people taking their kids to see this over the summer. So I think word of mouth is going to be big on this as well. Yeah, and you know what? So myself and Ben recorded Pop After Dark uh, about it on on Friday. So we we both saw it opening day. Um, wasn't my plan to, but my plans changed, and so that's when I saw it. And um, I didn't. I didn't go as crazy for it as a lot of people did. You know, I, I've seen some people turn around and say, like, it's Pixar's masterpiece and everything like that. And and to me, I, I would still argue Toy Story 3 is probably their masterpiece. Mm. Hits all the right beats, gets you emotionally. Um, just just a, a great film, which I've watched far too many times. Um, but still holds up. So it manages to hold up. And, but that sounds like I'm doing Toy Story 4 a disservice because actually it's really, really good. It's really, really good. I, I do recommend it, but I did have this element leaving there of, did we need it? It's got a really good storyline. It is probably, no, it is clearly the funniest of the films so far. It, it's funnier than, than 1, 2, and 3. It's got some really good laughs in it. Um, but I just, I, I, I don't know if we needed it. That said, we did need Falky. I didn't realise we needed Falky. And it is, I mean, it's, I mean, we were talking about it, I think it was last time. It's just further proof that Disney Animation and Pixar are, are pretty much the same business now. Like they're the same company. Hmm. Just knocking out sequels. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard good things and I'm looking forward to seeing it, but I feel that Pixar, well, back in the day, Pixar's talent would have gone to a new and exciting film rather than just easy sequel, job done. I think the problem they had was losing John Lasseter made a, a difference to Pixar. They knocked out Incredibles too quicker than they should have. That wasn't meant to be out until this year. Mm. Toy Story was meant to be last year. Um, I think they had to rely on those things that they already had. Um, Future-wise, they've said that there's not going to be a sequel now. Everything they've got in the works. Yeah, everything they've got in the works is new. Ah, but that doesn't mean that they won't make a sequel. No, 
but you would imagine they've got at least three or four films on the go yeah. that won't be. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. What's the next one called? Oh, what is it? God, what is it called? The thing with Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. Yeah. Is it Onward? Yeah. Yes. That, to me, I mean, I saw the trade and I was just like, this just looks like a DreamWorks film. I didn't, not, I'm not, I mean, again, it could be poor marketing, but it feels like they just hired two actors that are, are doing well at the minute and it's the same as DreamWorks always do. And the animation looks like a DreamWorks film and it's just it's not doing anything for me at this point. Now, we're already trailer one, but it to me, it's just like, oh dear. Like, it doesn't feel Pixar. No, but I'm sure it will be. Yeah, I've. I mean, I felt the same way when I saw the trailer for uh, Coco. Mm. For what was it? Cars Free, maybe. Yeah, Cars Free, and um, it was. It was the trailer with the dog running away with a bone from a skeleton. Oh yeah, I can't really remember it, but. It, like it's one of those things that they film that's n- not really got anything to do with the film. It's there just to show off some characters and, and so you know give you an idea of what it's going to look like. But it doesn't actually show you anything that's the film's really about. And yeah. I was like, you know, I've got no interest in seeing Coco at, at this stage. I've got no interest in seeing Coco. So when they release these teaser trailers, I think they always fall on their ass anyway. For me, I never get excited about seeing them. It's when I release the, the the fuller trailers that I get a little bit more excited. But um, the next film out next year is called Soul. Yeah. And there's been very little said about it, um, except it's... They've only kind of confirmed it this week. Yeah. 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 Pete Doctor's doing it, and he's got a pretty good track record. Um, yeah, he has. So... Yeah, that that's something uh, at least that can give you a bit of a bit of hope. Um, but yeah, that one kind of came out of the blue. I mean, actually, in, in, from what we know so far, because it's, it's it's talking. Uh, the synopsis was about kind of like looking inside yourself and learning more about you know what everything is and why everything is. So, it, in a way, it almost sounds like a follow up to his Inside Out. It seems like he's carrying on down that path. It's not going to be a sequel to Inside Out, but, you know, I'm sure quite heavy, um, quite heavy um, themes like Inside Out. You know, that was a film that was quite, you know, gave you something to think about. So I think we're going to get something else like that, which is really arguably how Pixar kind of started out. You know, the stories were more complex or were more out there than you was getting at Disney. Yeah, and I think it'd be nice to see a return to that. Mm. And I think that's I think they realise that's what they need to do because the last few years have been very sequel heavy. You know, we had Cars Three, Incredibles Two, Toy Story Four, Dory, yeah, Finding Dory. Yeah. So they need to to kind of bring that back. You know, be an original again. Um, so I think we're going to start to see a return to it, but. Um, yeah, I said like there's a, there's a lot to like about Toy Story Four, but I still came away from it thinking, did this actually need to happen? Uh, I don't think. I mean, you know, both uh, Tom Hanks and, and uh, Tim Allen have said, you know, this is 
this is it. You know, when they recorded their last lines, they thought this is the last time where we're going to be doing the Toy Story film. Um, I'm pretty sure they said that when I made Toy Story 3. They absolutely did, yeah. But I would think now with um, with Disney Plus coming, that, you know, there might be some kind of um, follow-ups there. I mean, I quite like the, the two Toy Story shorts that they, they put out after Toy Story 3. Yeah, they were good. You know, um, I didn't really like the, the, the Toy Story that Time Forgot at first, but now I've watched it about 600 times. I quite like that one as well. The Toy Story of Terror is good. Um, so I, I, I think we'll, we might get some more of that. And to be honest, like that would make me happy. It's not that I'm a, I, I'm against seeing more adventures with these characters, but to me, the Toy Story films were all about Andy, and that story arc finished with Toy Story three. The fact that they went to do TV like specials afterwards with Bonnie. That was how I wanted that to continue. I wasn't bothered about seeing another Toy Story film. And maybe that's the reason why people have, um, have, have not come out in that first weekend. You know, for that reason. Yeah, I think that But the, um, the word of mouth, certainly, well, certainly on Twitter, everyone's kind of raving about it. So I think we'll see the numbers pick up um, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Not that it's done badly. Not that it's done badly, but... I think, as you said, I think that paired with the fact that there's nothing else really like it out for a couple of months. Yeah, it's definitely going to help. But then how many young kids are, are more interested in seeing Far From Home? Yeah, it's... Um... There's definitely a crossover. And obviously the young, young ones, you know, you're going to take to see Toy Story. But, you know, there's those eight-year-old, nine-year-olds are probably more interested in seeing Spider-Man than they are Toy Story. Mm. So P-dubs, I suppose the question to you, with what Ryan's just said, is which one are you seeing first, Toy Story 4 or Far From Home? It will probably be Far From Home, if I'm honest. As I've said before, I have to pick and choose Mm. at the moment about what I go and see. And don't get me wrong, I, I love Toy Story right from the word go and always will, but it will have to wait. I mean, what um, I will say about Toy Story 4 as well is, and what I really liked, if, like leading up to the film, they did say there's like, I think about 100 Easter eggs in the film. Yeah. I was conscious of that while I was watching it. Um, and, and some are very obvious. Yeah. Others, not quite so much. There's a few that I spotted, which other people didn't. And I wasn't, I can't say it was because I was looking particularly hard. Because, I mean, I, 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 probably didn't even or probably just scraped into double digits and easter eggs that i saw i mean there are lots and lots um a lot of them apparently were in the antique shop so a lot of them are in the backgrounds yeah well you really that's like a, a thing you do on blu-ray but um there's some there's some really quite good ones that are, are not that hard to spot actually um and uh yeah i mean this isn't a spoiler but um the antique shop the sign on the window of it says established in 1986. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the year that Pixar actually became Pixar. Yeah. And it did. Well, that's when they become independent. Um, so I'd, I'd clocked that one. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, it's good for that as well. But it's just a really funny film. It is a really funny film. Um, but then saying that, Far From Home, I imagine it'll be quite a funny film as well. The early reviews have definitely suggested that it's um, funnier than Homecoming, which I thought was quite a, a funny film anyway. Yeah, I've heard similar reports as well. I think it'll be quite a good one. Mm. Right, if no one else has anything about Toy Story 4, um, was there any other news that people wanted to, to pick up on? I've got a bit of film news from today. Mm, I think um, it well be the one that I was thinking of as well. More than likely. Um, Director? Taika, yes, yeah. Taika Waititi <laughs> will be um, taking on the Fox slash Disney animated version of Flash of Gordon. Um, not being confirmed by Disney, but Deadline are reporting it today. Um that he will be taking on the director's role once he has finished his live-action version of Akira. Yeah, that had been that had gone a bit quiet. I didn't know if that was still uh, still happening. Yeah, seems to be that 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 will be his next next one once he's finished pre-production on his current uh, post-production on his current film. Ah, uh, yes, he's got a film coming out next year, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was meant to be moving on to uh, the stop-motion version of Bubbles. For Netflix, uh, the Michael Jackson story told through the eyes of his pet monkey, but that's been cancelled. Yeah, I'm not I sure why. why. Yeah, I'm not sure why that got cancelled, but yeah, I'm sorry. Ignorant. Ignorant. For that bubbles. Ignorant. <laughs> and it's Jackson. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did see that. Flash is an interesting one because I remember in the 80s that film was always on a bank holiday Monday. Like the BBC must have paid like a shitload for the rights. So it seemed to always be on the bank holiday Monday. Um, but I can't say I ever really enjoyed it. But I certainly watched no. it times. No, I agree with that. I, I know I've seen it, but I wouldn't sit down and out of my way to watch it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm the same. I... I can't say the um, thought of an animated version is is that exciting, but you know, I think you know if anyone's going to make a decent film and make it interesting and funny, probably as well, they've probably hired the right person. I mean, I've been watching um, what we do in the shadows, the the TV spin-off of the film. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's an executive producer on, but he's also directed an episode as well. Well, I'm only, I think I'm seven episodes in and he's directed one of the episodes, but it was like a really good episode. Um, but I mean, the, the film is, is, is really good, but the, the TV series I think is actually better. Um, right. and it, but he's still involved in that. I mean, he's, he's just, he's just, you know, a, a funny guy. And oh, is, does this depend on whether, if, whether we get another Thor movie? Um, I doubt it. I, I think the next four movies is going to be um, as Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, rumour has it that he is coming back for another four. He's I'd taking a year out, apparently. 
Mm. Um, and then we'll come back and film Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and Thor back to back. I mean, that's just good news, isn't it? Really, if that if that pays off. It's taking a year out to, to release some incredibly mediocre films and we'll be back raking it in in films that are successful. <laughs> yep. Well, I think it's it's slowly coming to the forefront that he isn't a leading man, is he? No. <laughs> Unless he's playing some Norse god. Other yep. than that, nothing seems to nothing seems to be working. Well, and even that, it only really connect, everyone started only really connecting with him after Ragnarok. Yeah, I mean, no one, no one saw no. the Dark World and thought, "Oh man, I can't wait for Thor 3. Yeah, exactly. You know, like literally, no one said that. Um, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I think even he wouldn't have said that. Well, I think that was after that was a time really where after the Ragnarok, he was like, oh, "I'm done with these movies." Sorry, before Ragnarok, he was yeah. done with those movies. He was just contracted to do them. And yeah. I think that that movie uh, and the change to his character has completely changed the way he wants to proceed with it. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, The Dark World and Men in Black International both had production issues. Men in Black had a lot more. Um, quick, P-Dub's duck is the popo. Um, but... Um, yeah, I think you can't blame him just solely for it, but it's not oh, no. it's not a good look, is it? Really, no. that you, it, it's really based on on the director that's making and breaking your your films. Um, he doesn't have, you know, a lot of actors can get away with just being like super charismatic, charismatic even, and I do think he is charismatic. Don't get me wrong, but. He's obviously not got enough to make those films work just on his, on his name alone. Yeah, no. I really thought Men in Black was going to be a big hit this year. Um, then I watched it. So, you know. So I knew it wasn't going to be based on the first trailer. It's, it's, it's really this... funny. Like When that first it's trailer really came out, my wife was like, my wife, she was like, oh, that looks pretty good. And she's like a Men in Black fan. Yeah, never really been that much into the franchise, but she she quite likes at least one and three, and um, and she was like, oh, actually, you know what? This doesn't look too bad. Like I thought it was going to look worse than it did, but I'm I'm quite excited for it. By the time the second trailer came out, she was like, yeah, I'm not seeing that. Yeah, no, not good. Too much forced comedy, I think. <sighs> yeah, but if but on the trailer, I haven't seen the film. Yeah, um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the comedy just doesn't work. And it's it's even more frustrating, because I know you don't like her anyway, but when you've seen Ragnarok and you've seen how well they bounced off each other in that. Yeah. It, it, this is, not, you know, them in this film is nothing like, the, they don't have the chemistry they did in that film. Mm. And so, you know, you've taken the best, you know, one of the, the not the best bits, but, you know, one of the good bits of, of Ragnarok in this interaction between these two characters and actors, and you can't replicate it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I in the 80s, Ryan, there was um, quite a, a popular cartoon called Defenders of the Earth, which was a weird kind of Avengers before the Avengers kind of deal, where instead of it being, you know, Marvel comic book characters... It was Flash Gordon, the Phantom, 
uh, Mandrake the Magician, uh, Luther. I can't remember what Luther was. Yeah, Luther Vandross. Um, I mean, that is so racist just because the character was black that you've just. <laughs> I, was I, forgot I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, that, these were all old comic strip characters. So they'd been around for decades as comic strip characters and they brought them together in this cartoon to kind of um, bring them back for a new audience. Mm. And they teamed up. And um, and that was quite popular in the in the eighties, um, and that kind of brought Flash Gordon a bit more uh, into the public eye after that film did. But um, yeah, the story of Flash Gordon is quite interesting. It's a little John Carter from Mars, um, but I think he's got the ability to turn something you know make something good of it. So yeah, let, let, let's see what happens. Um, was there anything else? Nope. Not that I can think of. Because it's been really quiet the last couple of weeks, but we've still I think everything's squeeze out this everything's, long episode. Yeah, I think D23 is building up, isn't it? That was the other thing that I was mm. going to say that I completely forgot. Um, well, now's the time to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, now they've, uh, they've announced one of the, the panels for, for the D23 Expo. Uh, we're going to get a Simpsons panel. I'm, I'm surprised in in one on on the one hand, but I suppose now it is part of the Disney family, isn't it? Through yeah. So I think, yeah, the synergy is there. Is the interest from Disney fans? Yeah. Would people rather them rather talk about the next Pixar film? I wish I know they're going to, obviously. But I mean, what is what's replaced? What's come in instead, or what's been lost instead? Um, because I mean, Simpsons is what thirty seasons in. Mm. I, I mean, I'm watching them through at the minute. I'm on season ten, and it's still good. <laughs> but I don't quite want to go. I know it's still good, but there is a period where I remember stopping watching as a kid. I'm not there yet. Mm. But I'm I'm gonna be it's gonna be interesting because I I do know that at some point it just absolutely falls off a cliff. I know that in recent years it's been good again, but and I, I guess it still brings in views in the States, but it's not it's not what it once was, and I don't think it ever will be. And I think to bring it to D twenty three seems a bit I don't know. Do you think that we're a few years away from D23 effectively being San Diego Comic Con. Well, it, I mean, that's pretty, it wouldn't surprise me. Everyone's in cosplay there. Well, a lot of people are. They're basically shifting a lot of merchandise there for Disney fans and Fox fans now this year. And there's a few, there's a few panels revealing what's coming. I mean, it's pretty much Comic Con, isn't it? That's what I mean. And the thing is, now that we've got, um, you know, obviously Marvel's been a part of Disney for quite a while now, but now, you know, with the the bringing in of Fox and, you know, we're going to be getting new Avatar films soon. You've got things like The Simpsons. um, You'll have things like The Kingsman starting back up, X-Men, Fantastic Four, all of these kind of things that are being brought back in-house as well. You know, it always used to be that 
San Diego Comic Con was the place to promote your your upcoming project. Mm, No, it's been famous for that for years and it's become a bigger and bigger beast. But Disney don't need that anymore. And I mean, they didn't do much last year, did they, at San Diego? No, well, they pulled Marvel out last year. Marvel wasn't there at all. Um, It is back this year. I have confirmed that they have got a panel this year, but they said that they'll still be saving stuff for D23. Yeah. So San Diego still aren't getting the full full show as they used to. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they switched D23 to be the big event every year. It, it, I don't see why they can't do it. They've got enough to talk about every year to, to hold an, an event every 12 months. And I mean, the thing is, they don't need to do it when they do it. You no, know, no. You, you've got just down the road from, from Disney World that huge convention centre, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Problem is, Disney have ploughed money into this venue, like, they've actually expanded the, the conference hall, um, yeah. which is why it sticks around in Anaheim. The other thing is, though, when you consider companies like Microsoft and even with their Xbox brands, like, if you remove all of the other events that they put on for Windows and that technology. Uh, you know, E3 is, a, is obviously just been on um, last couple of weeks. That that always happens um, in one area. But this year and last year, Microsoft have started putting on Xbox events that announce trailers that have new technology being announced. Last year's was in Mexico. This year's is happening in London. Like, how long before Disney starts doing that as well? It's true. They could go there. We'd all go, right? G23 was in London. We'd be there. Of course. And the thing is, they've got the the reason for kind of keeping it at the parks is because you've got your captive audience. But let's be honest, you only got to look at something like Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. Or or, or San Diego. Like people will travel to these things. They really want to go. They will travel. Yeah. I think the problem with D23s is all, well, not all of them, but the majority of them have been at Anaheim, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they could quite easily branch out. And I know what you're saying, Paul, but let's be honest. Are you telling me, because I don't know how many people they sell tickets for at D23, um, but they're not going to be San Diego. They're not, well, they're, I know they're not, San Diego-sized crowds. No, and I don't think Disney would want it to be. Oh, I don't I think know. That's- are you, uh, I think that's they'd they'd rather keep it in a smaller venue than put it in a bigger venue and sell more tickets. I think probably yes, because San Diego's just become like a press conference. Mm. There's no way they can take D23 out of the hands of the fans because that's what it what it is. It's a it's a fan community, and that's I I can't ever see them wanting to to get to the size of San Diego. Depends if the fans, the fan base of D23 hits the same size of San Diego in what they want. It's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what the actual numbers are. And I'm not talking about how many people they have at D23 now, but how many people try and buy tickets. Hmm. You can still get tickets for it now. Hmm. It doesn't sell out. Some of the like the bigger passes well because they're limited. So mm. the ones that guarantee you seats in certain panels and 
to get in early access into some of the, the shops and things, they sell out. But your general passes, they don't. It'd be interesting they put out on those surveys, they do, to see if there's the interest there. Because I generally think, they, they, you know, if they wanted to make it a bigger event, they could do. They really could. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many people go to Star Wars Celebration, but it always looks like it's... Oh, well, their tickets are sold out for next year. Mm. Yeah, but they I mean... They sold out within an hour. Yeah, but how many tickets are there? A thousand? Same venue. Oh, is that that venue, is it? Oh, yeah, of course yeah. it's... Yeah, of course it's in Anaheim next year, yeah. When I'm going to announce it this year. Um, but but that's it. I mean, the thing is, just because something's sold out doesn't mean it's popular. No. You know, if there's if there was 100 tickets on sale and you sell, sell out, you've only sold 100 tickets. You can say you've sold out and that looks impressive, but, you know, it, it's how many tickets are you actually selling? That's that's the question. Um, and the thing is, if you, if you combined Star Wars Celebration with D23... You can't tell me that wouldn't be popular. In I'm terms of sure like and stuff like that, and people wanting to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, Disney, you've had that idea for free. That's that's all I'm saying. So, you know, just just remember us when uh, when you do that. We'll have our cut, or we'll get Lionel Hutz involved. I've still not heard back about um, Disney After Dark, by the way. Lionel's working the case. He yeah. works at Disney now. That's the problem. Oh, for God's sake. He didn't it's tell me that. man. <sighs> story of my life. Actually, if there was a story of my life, it'd probably be a lot easier. Right. Um, anything else, gents? I don't think no. so. Perfect. Then in that case, I'll wrap this episode up. Uh, thank you for staying with me. Not like those uh, two other lightweights that had to go off because of work. God priorities people uh and thank you dear listener for for listening uh we'll be back with another Diz after dark very soon ryan do before we end do you want to talk about our d23 plans or should we keep people on tender hooks about that i think um well we've we've had like what a couple of conversations about it something will definitely be happening between Diz after dark and theme park trader for d23 yeah um we just got to figure out what that is yeah yeah, maybe that was a little bit advanced to note. But yes, we will be doing something together. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, we also launched another podcast this week, uh, um, Alas, Branch and Ripley. I almost got the title wrong, which is me. And- you almost took Craig's misspelt. That's right. That, that, that's what I was, in, in my head, that was the picture I was seeing. Idiot. Uh, <laughs> I told him what it was. Um which uh, which went on out on Patreon a couple of weeks ago and has now gone public. Um, it's on this feed, so you, you've probably seen it already. Uh, it is now set up on its own feed as well. So if you like that, um, search in your podcast app for Alas, Branch and Ripley, and it will be showing up in the next few days. It's on a few already, but it, it takes a while to filter through to some of the more popular ones. So, um, yeah, ju- just keep an eye on that. And um, there's some special episodes of Disaster Dark coming up um we've got one about or one with uh, somebody who is going to do the the college program this year from the uk um that's one of them 
and I'm also going to try and do my all season special, which I've been trying to do for the last few months and dates haven't worked out. So I'm hoping to get that finalized shortly. So um, yeah, plenty of content to come over the summer. So if you don't already subscribe and uh, we'll see you for another disaster dark in a couple of weeks. See ya. So long farewell. Why? Because we like you. Kick it. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.